0: Section Four of *The Rover*, Volume One, Number Sixteen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. *The Rover*, Volume One, Number Sixteen, edited by Seba Smith and Lawrence Libri. Section Four, Hunter's Grave, by Joseph R. Chandler. Brother Chandler. Thou hast done well to record the virtues of thy dog, and believe me, the world will think the better of thee for sorrowing at his departure and cherishing his memory. As the nature-loving and hair-training Cowper hath said, The heart is hard in nature, and unfit for human fellowship, as being void of sympathy and therefore dead alike to love and friendship both, that is not pleased with sight of animals enjoying life, nor feels their happiness augment his own so hast thou proved thyself devoid of hardness of heart, and established thy claim to be a fit companion for human fellowship. By this quiet and tender picture thou hast given of thy domestic bereavement. My friend, give me thy hand, albeit I have never seen thee, for when I come to Philadelphia I shall claim the privilege of going with thee to visit the resting-place of Hunter, and to weep with thee, tear for tear." verily i would sooner make a pilgrimage to such a shrine than the proud monument that hides the ashes of the tyrant who lived but to scourge and oppress his fellow men hunter's grave by joseph r chandler we advise much exercise active or passive as circumstances may require or may favour to our citizens a good long walk or ride every day will lengthen life and multiply the pleasures of living and besides the mere physical agitation of a walk or ride, there is a change of thought that is wholesome, a diversion of the mind from one object to another, or from one set of objects to many. These advantages are too much overlooked by the young, until a habit is acquired. When the V inertia overcomes the conviction of a necessity for exercise, and body and mind fail from a neglect to give them variety and change, we love— though we have neglected the means of health too long to hope for its acquisition we love to ride through the lanes and over the open fields in the vicinity of the city and catch the breathing of spring while we enjoy that rapid mental action which denoted the improvement of time which exercise and new scenery secure one morning last week we were allowing our old horse rolla to take his own time in moving along a species of indulgence which he claims as a privilege of age and old acquaintance making up for any seeming slowness in going forth by a shuffling anxiety in returning to reach his crib there had been a fall of rain during the night and the clouds had not cleared away striking across a field we soon reached the object of our search a little mound of earth only half sodded over denoted the place where poor old hunter had been laid only a few weeks before we alighted and threw royla's reins over a low pine shrub that grew at the head of the grave and gave loose to our own feelings. It is not seemingly to mourn a dog, but when, for eleven years, the animal has followed your footsteps, when his clear voice has greeted your return, or when, coiled up at your feet, day after day, he has lifted his flexible eyebrows and turned his dark eye to see when you would leave the writing-table, and go forth for his pleasure, as he had tarried for you. You feel as if the death of even a dog might warrant a melancholy sensation." and be pleaded in excuse for a recollection of at least his canine virtues hunter had become a sort of precursor of our own comings and those who would meet us as we came to or went from our office would watch for hunter that they might find us a feeling had sprung up between us as we had learned even to check with each other's faults he undoubtedly had the most to do or at least the most to suffer in that respect but still he tried and sometimes succeeded the poor dog had become a member of the family when it was small, and the flock that had risen up like olive branches around our table were affectionately guarded and tenderly fondled by Hunter. But he never confessed the right of mastership in them; he took his place on the hearth rug before them, with as much independence as if they had been his offspring instead of ours; and when business or pleasure called us from the city, he took upon himself the guardianship of the domestic circle and declined his daily visit to the office as much as if he had a pecuniary investment in the dwelling or was morally and legally responsible for the welfare of its inmates. Hunter had been in perils. He was bitten, with one other canine friend, by a mad dog. His friend died with hydrophobia. Kind attention saved Hunter. He remembered it to the last, and when the sickness came from which he was not relieved— the beseeching look and the particular emphasis of his moan showed that he remembered with gratitude favors past and desired a reapplication of the remedies but he asked in vain he pined away as faculty after faculty departed until voice failed the hearing ceased and the eye was lifted up slowly but dim and the tail slightly moved to indicate his recognition of him who had been so long his companion and his last effort was to lick the delicate hand of a child who had come to take his leave of one that seemed twined with his earliest love and whose name was the first word he had articulated old samson took the dog in his barrow and went forth with a measured step to find a place where he might give him the decency of burial without intruding upon the repose of human beings who made in a better image justly claim a sanctity for their dust The little procession, as it went forth, had with it something of a touching air. The body of Hunter was decently covered, not ostentatiously, lest a ridicule should attach to the scene, and Samson had put on his best clothes, avowedly less for funeral purposes than what he might appear decently before the mistress. Little Willie, the only follower of the train, had drawn his cap over his eyes to hide a few hasty tears, and was regulating his step by the solemn and measured movement of Samson. Few felt an interest to inquire what was hidden beneath the white pall, and the unwanted melancholy of the child was suffered to pass without inquiry. When the procession had reached the place of sepulture, the body was lowered, not thrown, into the grave, and Samson remarked that the collar was still about Hunter's neck. I'll take it off, said he. It will do for another dog. Little Willie leaned over, and looked down into the grave, and then, lifting his streaming eye to his sable companion, he said no let it be samson let it be i don't want any more dogs and if i do have one i don't want to see hunter's collar on his neck samson sawed it up the grave and turned towards him will you ride in the barrow said he to willie the child turned and looked at the carriage with a shudder and walked onward when willie reached home he went and sat down alone beside hunter's house and wept a flood of tears and it was only when the memorials of his faithful friend more than twice his own age had been removed that he could dry up his tears and even now the mention of the dog makes the clouds return after the rain and cast a gloom over the sunny spirit of the child while bending over the resting-place of the faithful animal it was natural that we should think of his merits and what we had lost in him so selfish is even human grief and half of what constituted our painful feelings were thus musing, resulting from the certainty that we would no more benefit by his services. Who would weep in this world if what was taken away diminished nothing of his enjoyment? We mounted the horse to return, but yet lingered. Reflection had come, and with it came fancy. Imagination was busy to people space with objects that we once had loved and now mourned. And, for a moment, it seemed as if the smiling face of Hunter was before us, and his head turned half as if to invite us to move. A slight breeze from the west wafted onward the fog that was hanging over the river at a little distance, and as masses swept by us, one seemed to take the place and form which our fancy had just given as Hunter's. We started, the airy form played fantastically around, and then vanished in the thicket beyond. It could scarcely have all been fancy, for the horse, Rolla, moved suddenly as was his wont when formerly hunter had manifested his joy at the prospect of exercise by jumping upward toward his bridle with a sharp but friendly bark the misty form of the dog reappeared at the top of the hill and as it passed rapidly onward was tinged with rainbow hues from the sun glinting between the broken clouds above we know that if men would weep there are all around them the graves of good whose loss the living may deplore Whose life was fruitful of good for man, but may not one turn aside also from the beaten path of grief or joy, and in solitude remember that beneath the sod before him moulders one who never deceived, and though not gifted with words to make known his affections, had yet the skill to express them with the most miraculous organs. End of section four.